Hello, Mike. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you well. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, thank you, Mike, uh, uh, and welcome to Man in the Stand. Um, it's a real honour and a privilege to actually have you on. I really appreciate your time. Uh, Man in the Stand is a, is a show about uh, sport uh, from a sports fan's perspective, and uh, we delve into particular sports that we really like, and uh, one of them is, um, is rugby. So I'm, I'm really honoured and privileged to have um, Mike Phillips along with us today. Mike Phillips is uh, the most capped uh, Welsh halfback of all time, uh, Welsh captain, uh, World Cup uh, appearance, uh, uh, um, Six Nations Grand Slam champion. Uh, the, the list of, of credits goes on and on. And, um, uh, you know, uh, 94 caps for Wales and five caps for the British and Irish Lions. So, uh, you know, uh, an incredibly distinguished career, Mike. And, um, and yeah. uh, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. The one thing there, I wasn't uh, ever captain officially. Um, I like to think that I was uh, a captain on the field and a definite leader, being a scrum half. But I wasn't an official captain, no. So that's that was just just a pick up on that. Um, oh, sorry don't, don't about anyone that. complaining. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, be some mad Welsh fan complaining about that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Mike, um, just before we sort of go into a look at the Six Nations uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, I just want to have a kind of your impressions of what you thought of the first couple of weeks of action and uh, and what you sort of see going forward. I just wanted to just go back a little bit in, in your playing career. Um, so when when you started, uh, you know, being a New Zealander, I know, how, you know, we, we both come from countries where rugby is absolutely steeped in, in, in kind of uh, the, the culture and the makeup of the country. So as in Wales, as in New Zealand, uh, was it something that that you kind of started playing as a young boy uh, or, or were there other sports that you were also interested in? Yeah, no, it was definitely rugby. Um, but yeah, I played rugby from under nines, I think I started, and, and in primary school as well. So uh, rugby was... Uh, you know, passion uh, and the dream was when I was seven or eight years uh, years of age. Um, you know, it was that was my first ever dream was to play rugby for Wales. Um, just international day, especially Six Nations. You know, everyone's just around the around the TV, and it's uh, it's a massive occasion. And yeah, it was just sort of transfixed by by the whole build up and the way they build it up with the big crowds, the anthems, and. Generally, then I would just watch that first sort of five minutes and then run out and kick the ball around to myself and just sort of put myself um, sort of uh, dream about being on that field. Um, so never really ended up watching the games, really, but um, just loved the whole build up. But yeah, it was definitely rugby. And then in the summer, it was cricket, uh, really passionate about my cricket. Um, so it was always, you know, um, rugby and, and football when I was young. Um, football on a Saturday morning and rugby on a Sunday and then through the winter and then cricket then uh, in the summer months from May onwards. So, um, well, we don't have much of a summer, but uh, we did manage to get a few games in and um, I loved that that because I was playing with the older, uh, well, when I was young, but you get, you just mix in with the older generation and it was a great sort of vibe in the club and um, yeah, I loved the cricket as well and I think that's, that's really important for development is that you do lots of different sports and um you know i think it's key for you know developing young young athletes yeah and were you a batsman or a bowler mike 
technically, I was a bowler. I was trying to be quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to be uh, quick, um, giving it large as well. If, if I beat the <laughs> bat, I was trying to be like Alan Donald and give him the big stare and all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I loved it. And it is a reasonable standard in, in, in Pembrokeshire and West Wales. Cricket is pretty pretty big you know it's um, good quality and we'd have a lot of foreigners come over you know that we would have a couple of Aussies coming over um, a couple of ex-pros would, would come down into the league some teams were kind of you know paying a little bit semi-pro type of thing so it was a reasonable standard you know it wasn't um, you know a mess around uh, but you know our club was more based for the social element was huge, and we had a great sort of time afterwards. You know, after after games, so that was that was brilliant. So, and talking of uh, semi-professional and, and such, when you, uh, you you started getting through the age grades in rugby, and and uh, I, I take it you were making age grade representative teams and everything growing up, were you? I mean, and then no. where, when did you kind of get to a stage where you were um, thinking about, uh, hey, this could actually um, I could actually do this for for a career? Where, Talk talk me through that process, Mike. No, well, I, I didn't I didn't make any age grades. Um, I only got wow. got to. So I was I was quite a late developer, uh, and for school I was playing back row as an open side. But for my club, I'd play a scrum half, and then I kind of uh, you know sixteen, perhaps really sort of developed into a man. Sixteen, seventeen, I was very late, and um, so I didn't. Um, get any sort of uh, under 16 caps or 17 or whatever it was. Um, mm. I kind of got in, the, got in there quite late. So I was literally playing for my local team. And the next year, I went to Llanelli, um, Scarlet, and the 20, um, which was in the 21s, which is kind of like a development academy system back then. Yeah. And then um, I literally played one game and luckily scored two tries. And then I, they said they basically offered me a contract there. And then. So I was very lucky. Well, it was the last kind of, you know, if it had gone another season, I don't think I'd have been picked up. But, um, and that's happened to a few players. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's kind of silly, really. You know, as men, we develop perhaps a lot uh, later, you know. Uh, mm. You know, and I think they pick, that's one of the things which I'm disappointed with in, in Wales now. We're picking, you know, we're, we're telling kids who are 14, 15 that whether they're going to make it or not. And I think that's way too young. Um, but, um there we are. That's uh, not my problem at the minute. But um, I just think, yeah, those, you know, getting those extra, you know, I played club rugby. I think it's really important for that, you know, playing with the older generation, uh, yeah. seeing whether you've got the minerals, you know, um, not just being stuck with your old age, same age playing then at 17, 18, 19. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's a great chance, you know, a great opportunity for me to play older generation, played the first game of senior rugby with some real, you know, tough, have cookies and, mm. and it was a place to meet to you know either sink or swim and then uh, you know it's it was it was great for development really so you think that the, the way that rugby is kind of weighted now and the way that we that and the kind of sort of professional atmosphere the way that um, talent is is I guess uh, they're trying to identify talent earlier and earlier. Uh, I know they're certainly doing the same thing in New Zealand now where, uh, you know, the, the whole, the way that uh, men would come into rugby in New Zealand has completely changed well, in terms of um, top level rugby now where uh, it was, 
you know, you'd play for your high school um, and then you'd either go to university or you'd go out to work. Um, you'd play for your club rugby team. Um, you'd show some um, talent uh, through playing, as you say, with those older players. Um, you know, you sort of, sort of prove yourself as a man, so to speak, and, and play with those hard old nuts. Yeah. And then you'd get through, uh, maybe even play some, uh, you know, um, you, you'd grow up into, into the senior A's. Uh, and, and then if you showed any sort of propensity there, then you would get picked by your region, uh, either playing age grade for your region or, or senior rugby for your region. Uh, and then from your region, you would go on to, uh, you know, uh, you know to, to national honours, so to speak. So the way that's changed now is that, um, you know, any kid that shows any talent now uh, is, is kind of, Picked up by those um, the, those sort of super rugby franchises uh, f- from high school, and 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 they actually miss the entire club rugby experience and go um, straight into um, you know uh, into playing development systems. Yeah. Uh, and so, would you agree that as you say that that perhaps by not giving guys young guys who maybe are developing a bit more slowly that chance, we're perhaps missing. Um, some of those yeah. players through that through that club rugby system. Yeah, I think it was huge for me to. Like I only played a handful of games, but I'm playing against ex-professional players. You know, real men, tough men. You know, and it was a it was a chance for you to. You know, it's 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 a, you show yeah you're showing whether you're you're gonna you're a man enough to to actually live in that sort of domain. Mm. And um, yeah, but I I think New Zealand though I don't like I've seen a lot of players they they do still play. For the super team, but don't they play for their club as well? Is it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so but sometimes, but it's quite limited. Uh, yeah. as, as it tends to be that um, they will play for their region, uh, and uh, and maybe their region will then feed them up into their um, uh, into the super team. But the but the, I guess what I'm saying is bit, they've been identified at a high school and they uh, and they kind of go straight into these regional um, feeder systems and, and kind of soup go around that entire um, club rugby sort of thing, which has kind of been the death of club rugby in New Zealand. I don't know yeah. what it's like in Wales yeah, no, now, Mike, but... struggling. But, uh, but yeah, I think, club but rugby I think, in New Zealand is really struggling. But I think New Zealand, though, you've got that. Uh, there's such a lot of respect. You know, the one thing I don't like about what Wales are doing, and it's a big problem because, you know, young young players, 15, a lot of them get told that 16, they're, they're not they're not going to make the academy for the Scarlets or the Ospreys, and then they just get completely disheartened, and and they yeah. don't bother going to play for. No, and so that's the problem, you know. If <clears throat> the club rugby, then they they think all of a sudden that they that they're great when they're not, uh, and it's yeah. creating this sort of, especially in this day and age, with you know, um, you know, I, I just think that they. They get too big for their boots, you know, too soon. I think uh, club rugby is a good way of of uh, development. I think it's huge being with all the players, yeah. um, rather than just be with a lot of youngsters coming through. I don't think you learn anything. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I think I think we're agreed there. Okay, well, look, let's um, uh, let's look at the uh, the Six Nations so far. Uh, I'd really be interested. Uh, what I'm going to do, Mike, is just. Uh, uh, you know, we uh, we know the results of the first round. I'm just going to go through the result of the second round, which uh, which was played. Obviously, we were on a weekend break last week, but uh, the second round uh, where uh, England uh, played Italy and England went out 41-18 winners. 
Um, I don't know if you saw that game, Mike, and, and, and if so, uh, just interested in your thoughts on that particular game. Yeah, I was watching bits of it, to be honest, because uh, I was on the radio at the same time. Um, and, yeah, I just... Italy, uh, just... Well, they performed a lot better um, than the first game. They were very disappointed against France. And, yeah, you know, is what we were having a conversation whether... It, it, is there a need for them in the competition? Should they still be there? Uh, you know. Well, that was that was what I was going to ask you. I I, I said I had uh, Jordan Murphy on uh, here uh, a few weeks ago before the Six Nations started, and I put it to him that I think Italy are a busted flush in this competition. I, I'm I'm you know when I liken um, the Argentinian experiment yeah. uh, joining the um, the Rugby Championship uh, playing Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, where uh, with, within a couple of, within a few years. They'd gone and beaten everyone except the All Blacks, and then last year they beat the All Blacks. Yeah, so um, I, I, um, they, they've, they, their their rate of, of improvement and and footing it in the competition has now put Argentina as as a major player in world rugby who yeah. can beat anyone on their day. And I don't see Italy ha, as of making the same strides in the no. Six Nations. What do you think? No, I totally agree. And I think the only thing they got going for them is is you know you, you go out there to, to Rome as a as a fan. Um, you know, it's a, an amazing, one of the greatest cities in the world, isn't it, to go and watch a game of rugby? So yeah, I it mean, is. At least fantastic. I mean, yeah. In terms of, yeah, they've gone downhill. Um, they were a few years back where they were, they were getting stronger. But you know, you want every game to be nail biting. You want it to go down to the wire um, in order to for the competition to grow. And uh, yeah, they're having that one team where. You're just going to dominate. I, I just don't see the point in it. You know, the the whole brand goes down, doesn't it? I think. But um, you know, and they've had their time. But look, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the answer is. It's just, um, um, yeah, it's a shame that they yeah. haven't kicked on. You know, and that's what's disappointing, really. Yeah, it is. And and like to watch them play, I thought in that game, um, uh, as they as was said actually on the commentary, uh, which I agreed with, was. Italy just ended up kicking it straight down England's throats, which, I mean, it, it, it's you, in any time that they had the ball, uh, they were just giving it straight back, and, and uh, which was just ri- ridiculous because, you know, you, you have a team that you, you're trying to, uh, you know, score against and, and they're running it, back with, running it back with you at speed and at interest. And I thought, until, what my impression of England on that game was, I thought they were disappointing as well because I, I found them to be incredibly static and, and flat-footed in the backs. Uh, they, they seem to be quite ponderous. What, what do you think of England's performance there, Mike? Yeah, well, I think um, I think a lot of the players have come out and said that. You know, Vinopola, I think, because they've, they've dropped down the standards. I mean, the, the Saracens boys aren't playing the level of, of top flight anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, you go back to the last World Cup when that game they win, they beat New Zealand. I mean, that game was... They were... The brand of rugby, incredible. Yeah, they, they played an incredible yeah. game there, and yeah. as a Welshman, you know you, it's tough to applaud England, but you know you had to applaud them that day because the game was a was an incredible game. You know they played fast, open yeah. rugby, put the ball in space, and we haven't yeah. seen that since that game. So um, what's happened? I don't know. Um, I think scrum half is a bit of an issue as well. I think they need a bit of a. You know, a bit more of a live wire at scrum half, but um, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know whether they've um, they the players maybe they they earn a lot of money. These boys playing for England, um, you know, I don't know whether it's the hunger still there or I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, they're not same. They're not playing the same brand of rugby. Certainly from that semi-final game, where they were outstanding. So, um, yeah, I think Wales can can actually take them this weekend uh, for sure. Yeah, well, let's move on to the next game, uh, and and the, and I think it was the round, the game of the competition, uh, and it was um, Wales with a one point win, twenty five twenty four over Scotland. Uh, Scotland were up seventeen three after 38 minutes uh, and it was only just for a late try uh, that uh, by Wales that um, brought it to 17-8. Um, if, that, if that hadn't happened, I'm not sure that uh, things would have progressed as they did. Uh, I thought Scotland were absolutely outstanding in the first half. In fact, though, I thought they were outstanding the entire game. I thought the game was brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but what I was so impressed by was was the battling quality of Wales to to just hold on by their fingernails? Uh, you know, for the first uh, thirty eight minutes or so, uh, they looked like they were on the re- going to be on the receiving end of a bit of a hiding there for a while. Uh, but as I say, they scored um, and, uh, and and got into the sheds seventeen um, uh, eight um, down, uh, and 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 through to the second half where. Once again, Wales just, uh, you know, Scotland came tearing out well again in the second half. Wales hung on for a while and then slowly but surely just no panic uh, and just all that experience in that Wales team with Alvin Jones and, and what have you just held on and t- slowly but surely turned it around. And then there was a Scottish red card, which was that was the second week in, uh, time in two weeks that, the, that that red card had been shown for for that kind of charging into the um, into the ruck and taking out the, the player with head to or head to head contact or shoulder to head contact, uh, you know, which changed the shape of the game dramatically. Um, but um, uh, you know, um, Scotland c- continued to fight hard, uh, and uh, and uh, it was seventeen uh, twenty at one stage. Um, you know, so so you know, Wales and Scotland sort of went back and forth there from the end, uh, and then Scott Stewart Hogg scored a fantastic try um, uh, um, to make it twenty four twenty to Scotland, uh, and then I think the, the move of the game or the the, the, the play of the game was um, Lewis Rees Samet who scored an incredible um, chip and chase to score in, in, in the corner and uh, and put uh, Wales uh, ahead again just to just be holding on for 25 to 24. Um, what, I thought it was an amazing game, Mike. What, what did you think? Yeah, and that's where we weren't touching on the Italy thing. You want every game to come down to the wire like that, don't you? I mean, um, yeah, tremendous uh, try in the end by, by Zamet. He's been outstanding. He, you know, a lot of people, and I myself, have been calling, calling for him yeah. to be in the team for a couple of, well, uh, for, for a season or two now. And it was good build-up play in midfield there with the boys passing the ball at the back. Uh, the second row did some great, you know, hands. Um, so yeah, it was a great game uh, from Scotland point of view. For the last ten years, uh, you hear the same thing coming from Scotland camp and how they're improving and this is their year. And and you know when I played against them, with all due respect, you know they they wouldn't they'd have to produce one game and then they wouldn't do it again. I mean they'd yeah. have one big game. And and to be honest, it's it's tough then to sort of, um, sorry, but you know, respect some like every year they're saying they they're going to come and, and then they don't, you know. So the only way you get respect is by by winning the tournament and turning up and playing. And this year, they they have brought they have actually improved. And I think um, yeah, that red card obviously killed them. I thought it was very very harsh. Mm. I, I don't I don't think it was a red card. Uh, but yeah, they have definitely improved. Um, recently, and, and that's great to see. Um, my big question was: Yes, they won in Twickenham, 
but again, can they back it up the week after? And and they didn't actually win. So I mean, mm. but they are they are definitely improving, which is good. Um, which is nice. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Scotland were always that team who kind of you know snatch defeat from the jaws of victory um, kind of thing. They're always that team that showed the plucky kind of spirit and and would always kind of go down brave brave losers sort of thing. But they but they. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that game it wasn't so much that game because actually they had it snatched from them from an incredible um, Welsh move. That, um, as I say, that Reece Sam is, is he's a real talent. He's exciting to see. And so I don't really put that game in the same category. Um, although um, you know Scotland, if they are to progress, they need to shut these sort of games out. But I do think that they are a much better and tougher proposition than they have been for a long time. They look they, uh, they look far more um, far more sterner in the forwards, a far more sterner prospect in the forwards. And I'm very impressed by this Van der Meer, uh, this this um, this winger that they have. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, what uh, any other players in, in, in either team that kind of stood out to you? Um, from a Welsh perspective, I know Falatau has been massive. Um, he's had his uh, troubles with injuries, but he's come in, he's come back, recent form, and he's been outstanding. He's a real talent. I think um, him and Tipperick in the back row for Wales. Yeah. Um, I think without them, we'd seriously struggle. And I think they're two players that would that would be that could get into more sides in the world. If I'm being, uh, if if you know my belief, I think that they could really. Uh, push to get into like a New Zealand side or South African side. I think they're that quality. They've, mm. they've got that much quality, um, and you couldn't really say that about I don't know many of the players at the minute. But um, you know they they've got some real. I played with them and they you know proper. They've got all the skill set and um, you know to have them. They need to be firing for Wales to be to be have any chance of winning and and yeah they've been doing that so. We've had a bit of luck, uh, but I guess um, you know you earn your luck, and the, the boys are probably obviously doing a lot of good stuff behind the scenes. And the Six Nations is about a momentum thing. You get that first win, doesn't yeah. matter how you get it, and then you've got that international fitness in your in your system, and then you can kick on. And over the year, you know, we always used to grow into the tournament. So um, you know, those guys have got two games under their belts. Um, they've got two wins. They're, they're buzzing. The confidence will be high now. Um, and like I said, they've got that international fitness in their in their lungs, which is huge. Uh, and I'm uh, just it'll be a great game against England. So, um, but I think one in which Wales are probably favourites, to be honest, going into it. Yeah. Just before we move on to the next game, uh, as you say, you mentioned the um, uh, the the red card and uh, the uh, the sending off and, and and questioned it a little bit, which I kind of agree because what. What the two times of this this happening now is when players are um, being cleaned out uh, or, or they're cleaning out that ruck space now. What, what I feel is that if if the players are going to uh, can keep getting red carded for something that they okay, it doesn't look good, but it's it's kind of these red cards they weren't happening uh, up until probably a season or two ago, or at least yeah. a season ago, this kind of thing where people, you know, th- this was a part and parcel of rugby that you, if you were in that area, yeah. there was a potential that you were going to get um, hit. Yeah. And yeah. It, if this is the way it's going to carry on now, I think this is going to change the game completely in terms of the way that players are going to be very reluctant to 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 do that same action because they're, they're going to be feared getting sent off. Um, do, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, and I think 
this is a real worry for me, and I think it's it's going a bit too far. You know, I think yes, health, you know, health and safety is number number one, but it's rugby, and and rugby gives so much in terms of the values and what the game is to young kids and and everyone, and teaches so much. And I think the last, from what I see in the last couple of years, it, it's always we're always talking about negative things, the pundits, whatever game you're watching, it's always about head injuries or we're, we're, you know we're doing the very the, doing our very best to turn people away from the game. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think we need to get a grip of it because um, it's a game that's given so much to so many people all over the world uh, yeah. in terms of values and, and the teachings. And I think we just need to, you know, for me, with these kind of instances, is the one, the Irish one, um, back rower, he knew what he was doing. He was going in there to hurt and it was, it was, it was obvious, you know. Whereas for me... Sometimes accidents happen and it's poor technique and I think there's a difference. So sometimes things are clear and obvious and sometimes it's just um, you know, a bit of mistiming and a bit of um, yeah. poor technique. technique. It, it, and I, I don't think poor technique should, should be resulting in a red card and spoiling the whole game and killing the whole, you know, I just think it's wrong. But, yeah, I, I certainly saw a difference in the two. Uh, as you say, one was more aimed and the other one was it was more bodies uh, and bodies yeah. in, in motion so to speak and and how do you stop a man of 100 kilos plus from uh from barreling into something that that is a moving target so that where the head is yeah. one second is in a different position one second later you know um yeah. so anyway it, it, we could talk about it all day it, it, next the, the last game which i thought was a really fascinating game was was ireland france where ireland um went down 15 uh, 13 uh, but i thought the irish um performance was excellent because i think a lot of people expected france to to kind of uh, win that in a canter but really not not a bar of it i thought um ireland i mean and ireland were down um some some huge names there was no sexton no connor murray no peter omani um, and yet um, uh, they, 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 they held on uh, and, and played France right to the final whistle uh, and, uh, and uh, I, I thought played with huge credit. Uh, but, but ultimately, this France team is, is some team, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, look, again, going back to the last World Cup, they should have beaten Wales in that quarterfinal. They, had, they, they got given a red card for a bit of stupidity. Uh, they didn't see out the game, but they still should have another game where Wales have won because of a red card. But um, they've been growing for a while, and they've they've had this surge of uh, youngsters in. They give them a couple of years of development. They they threw them all in there together, um, and now they're coming through. They they won the under twenties World Cup. A lot of these players were now in, yeah. in the starting team. So they've they've actually um, you know had a bit of thinking behind it because. French rugby, let's be honest, for the last over the last fifteen years, it's been pretty poor for the for the size of the country, the number of players, and you know what they yeah. can, you know, what they should be achieving, you know, um, uh, changing the halfbacks. You know, if you look at how many times they changed the halfbacks over the last twelve years, I mean, a ridiculous amount of times, and just no consistency. But now, finally, they seem to get in the grips together. They, they brought in Sean Edwards, who's one of the best defensive coaches in the world, who's going to bring yeah. that. Edge and um, you know, um, and the defense was outstanding against Ireland. Um, so yeah, they finally get in terms with you know, I think professionalism in a way and being you know, serious and uh, and delivering. And they've got a really you know, a huge future ahead of these 
players and, and you know with the World Cup in France next it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting but yeah it's nice to see it's, it's nice to see a French side being on top you know that's what I grew up with yeah you know, seeing those French tries from their own line and that's you know it's uh, it's good to see yeah they're an amazing team to watch uh, it's lovely as you say they're a bit of a dark period where they tried to I spent for spent you know the best part of a decade uh, yeah. trying to kind of smash it up the front and the forwards and and become like this monster team uh but rumbling it up and, and which really took away from i also grew up watching that french i love that that french kind of jardin dry to vive kind of thing where they'd run it from everywhere and throw it around and uh, now they're not quite doing that but they are but they're certainly more um open in the backs i mean as one great halfback to um to seeing another you you must really uh, like do you jump on the bandwagon and really rate this dupont because for me he's yeah. fantastic to watch isn't he no he's fantastic yeah he's um he's up there with he's well you know i mean i guess he, he still needs to be judged against new zealand south africa um you know with all due respect and you know yeah you've got to be judged against them haven't you and that's that's the real test but yeah, at the minute he's doing uh, everything well. He, he and is, when he plays for Toulouse, you know he scores some unbelievable tries, um, and they've needed someone like that for for a long, long time. So, um, but they, yeah. they, they've got other players around. You know, Teddy Thomas on the wing. I know a lot of the players haven't played there. You know, extremely talented, um, but you know what's probably left them down, let, let them down over the recent years is discipline, and I think with. With Sean Edwards coming in there now, um, you know they can really get the grips with that. Uh, you know they lost to Scotland in the last year's Six Nations because of a, a you know some prop was throwing punches. I mean it's it, it's not nineteen seventy anymore. <laughs> you know you can't throw punches yeah. in rugby. It's just you know we, we just talked about it then about you, you can get given a red card from you know just mistiming these days. So you've got to be so disciplined. And but there yeah, they've got a, yeah. a great squad and. Um, like I say, it's great to see, actually. Tell me, um, you mentioned a couple of times there, Sean Edwards, and, and I know, obviously, you played, uh, obviously, a lot under Sean Edwards with, with, with playing under Warren Gatlin's coaching system. So, give me an understanding, Mike, um, just briefly. What does Sean Edwards bring to a team uh, defensively? Because he's like some sort of defensive doctor, this guy. Every team that he comes in contact with, from his rugby league background, obviously a great rugby league player back in his day, mm-hmm. and, and now he's bring, brought that defensive um, mindset to rugby teams, and every single team that he bring uh, comes into, they just become absolute walls of defence. So um, yeah. what does what does Mike... Uh, oh, sorry, what does Sean bring to uh, to a team, Mike? Uh, what, what sort of things does he um, instil in, in a defensive unit? Just a real intensity, uh, not just on the playing field when he's around camp. You know, uh, they, the, some of the boys would, would, like, fear him. Do you know what I mean? They, they couldn't speak to him. And uh, I got on really, really well with him. Uh, but, you know, he... He was direct. He was honest, and he was, um, uh, you know, after games he'd have your, uh, you know, all your players' names on a board, and he'd, you know, write down your weaknesses. He'd click. He then pick his player of the game, defensive player of the game, and you'd have a bottle of champagne if you, if you, if you were picked. Um, but I, I think he, th- he used to think outside the box as well, massively. Um, uh, one game we played, one tour we toured South Africa, and uh, Willie Willie Larue scored three tries in the first test and the second test he comes up to me and says uh, Mike I want you to man mark Willie Roo this week and I'm like 
do you mean man market like he's 15 i'm playing scrum half he said yeah man marking um <laughs> and uh <laughs> basically basically i had to just normally he'd want me in the front line so he'd want me up and face you know defending just like a back row and defending the ball and obviously chip zone i'd have I'd diff- different responsibilities but but this game then he gave me another you know obviously it was different i had to man mark willie uh, larue and so um yeah, who was a great player in his in his own right, wasn't he? Yeah, great player. But like, just the fact of thinking outside the box like that, and I did my, you know, I man marked. He didn't score a try that game, anyway. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, it was just you know a bit of genius there and a bit of madness. And I think um, that's good. I mean, I always got on well with him, um, and just the real intensity to training, just you know, um, passion. You know, when he when he used to speak, just the you know, just full of passion, and you just never wanted to let him down. And uh, just a good, right. good, good guy, and and a guy as well. Every time I got injured, you know, the other management wouldn't bother texting or phoning. He'd always be texting, calling me. Um, you know, simple things which you think happens, but doesn't. And just as text to say, "Don't worry, get get your injury, get get your operation. You'll come back better player." Sim- you know, just little touches like this throughout your. And then those little things build, and you do not want to let that guy down. You know, when he gives you the opportunity, you know, you want to fight for him. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I speak, I'll speak, I'll always speak very, very highly of him, and uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, well, that sounds uh, really old school, and uh, as you say, a, a lot of respect there uh, on the, you know, built up on on either side, which is, yeah. uh, you know, as you say, more of it is maybe not not quite something maybe in the professional game so much in terms of playing, regardless of um, uh, you know contracts and what have you, you. You're actually playing for the guy, yeah, um, yeah. which is um, you know, which is which is lovely to hear. So thanks thanks very much for that insight, Mike. Okay, let's look forward now to, uh, just to finish things off, um, let's look forward to this week, um, week three of five in the Six Nations. It's, it's, it's an interesting week um, and be, because, you know, as the competition is shaping up now, uh, you have uh, Wales and France as, as the unbeaten teams uh, and, uh, and they've got both some interesting fixtures here. So the first one of the week is, is Italy-Ireland. That's on Saturday, um, the, the 27th of February. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, 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 you know, I think that that's a bit of a dead rubber. Yeah. Um, and then you have, um, uh, uh, you know, Saturday the 27th at uh, 4.45, uh, a very interesting game, um, Wales versus England. What what uh, given what we've seen so far, Mike, and uh, you know, I mean, I know it's all crystal ball gazing, but what do, what do you th- what what are your sort of thoughts of this Wales versus England game? What do you want to see from Wales, and uh, and uh, and what do you think we'll see from England? Um, well, I think I'd like to see Wales going out there, um, and and you you've seen this from Welsh sides when Wales go down by fifteen points, then they start playing, and I think they need to. St- Go onto that field uh, with the mentality of being twelve points down from the start, you know, and and then, you know, playing just playing the ball and and doing what comes natural really and putting the ball into space and and stop trying to tippy toe around the first ten minutes, uh, and then you know slow starters. I, we've always been kind of slow starters, and I, I I just think having the mentality of, you know. Wales, boys, you're 12 points down from the start. You know, let's play. Let's put. Let's just play with energy, with tempo. Um, 
and really go at them because I think they like it's, a lot of the English players haven't played a lot of rugby. Uh, Farrell's out of form. There's a lot of questions about their selection. Ben Young's, I don't think, is playing that great. And these guys have played certainly coming. Well, Ben Young's certainly coming to the end of his career, and um, a lot of them. And Vinopolo's come out in the press and said he hasn't been playing well at all, lacked fitness and things. So. Yeah, just sort of really got to take it to them from from minute one, and uh, you know, quick taps from the first minute. Just you know, play at a tempo, which, or at least try to, you know, that they can't live with, and um, get Zamet, get Liam Williams on the ball, uh, George North, you know, big powerful running threat. I think he might be winning his hundredth cap. So, um, you know, I think maybe Josh Adams will come on the other wing. He he's he can score tries from anywhere. Um, yeah, and just. You know, we got Howard Holo. He's 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 uh, played his first game. He's a great, you know, skillful player. Got you know, older player, but he's just started his international career. Great footwork, good offloader. Um, like I mentioned, Tips and Falato. I think we've got some good natural game breakers. Just got to play with tempo and you know, like I said, I think getting our mindset of being tempo and style from the start. I think would be a, a good way to think about. Yeah. It. Yeah, I, I, I think you've got, a, as you say, a, a, a good blend in the Wales team of experience and, and, ex, and exciting new young young players. And, uh, uh, you know, as you say, if you get out of the blocks fast and early, it, it could be um, it could be hard for England to kind of hold on to you. But uh, just one other thing on that game, Mike, before we move on, the fact that it's playing, been played in the Millennium Stadium, which is, uh, I've been to that stadium, it's a fantastic stadium, and, and if it was packed full of screaming Welshmen, uh, it would be you know, a very hard prospect for England there. Uh, what do you feel about this whole thing without the people in the stadiums? Um, it really does take away the kind of home and away sort of element of the, of the games now, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, though, I think um, that's the thing. I've played with so many New Zealand players, uh, um, South Africans, and if you... A lot of them say which is their most favorite, uh, which is their favorite stadium in the world, and a lot of them will say Cardiff, you know, because it is an amazing venue. The, the, it is the, a the great crowd stadium. is top yeah. Game. So, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. I think teams, unfortunately, they love coming to Cardiff as well. Um, and yeah. us being Welsh, we're quite, you know, uh, good hosts. You know, I, I remember, um, oh, yeah. I remember warming up once, and we're playing Ireland, and you know, we've got the Welsh band and all this, and the choir. And they're singing all the Irish songs, and I'm I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the warm up <laughs> thinking, are we are we like are we trying to like make these boys happy and make them comfortable? <laughs> she, you know, do you mean? And then, you know, it's just it's all part of yeah. the occasion. But I think what I'm, my point is like I think people do love coming to Wales, and especially players, they enjoy the the buzz and the, the, the even the you know the night after and stuff. It's a great venue for yeah. rugby. Um, uh, but I think yeah. Um, and it it does obviously help the home team a little bit, but um, I don't think it's going to have much. You know, it, they've got to create that buzz now within the camp, haven't they? There's no crowd, no atmosphere, uh, but they've got the you know they, they know that there's going to be millions of people watching all over the world, so it's uh, it's a big yeah. uh, it's a big uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the motivation uh, the motivation alone for the fact that you guys are unbeaten in the competition, you are looking heading for a. a, a, a a very mouthwatering clash um, uh, with France. So to be both to be unbeaten into that clash will be fantastic, and I think that will be motivation alone as well. Um, and then heading into the last uh, game of that of that round of this coming up round, uh, sorry, um, Sunday the twenty eighth of February is um, 
Scotland versus France in France, um, and um, this this has got a, a makings of a great game too. What, what are your feelings about this one, Mike? Yeah, well, obviously, it'll be you know the the, the wounded animal in Scotland. They, you know, like you said, they they did play well against Wales, but didn't quite get over the line. They would have been you know buzzing after the first game beating England, uh, so they're going to be. They're going to be up for it. Um, they have improved. You know, there is a bit more of that edge about them. So, again, this is a real test for them, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. we will see uh, how... Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll see just how good the Scotland team is, won't yeah. we? Because you've got this um, very, very good French team that, as you said earlier, Mike, quite correctly, has been built up from this under-20s um, World Cup winning side. They won the tw- under-20s World Cup twice, yeah. and, they, uh, and, and they've got the nucleus of that team now in this French team. They've all grown up a bit yeah. more, and they are an incredibly um, uh, imposing team now. So this, as you say, this is a real test of a Scotland's medal. Now we see how good or or not the Scotland team yeah. really is, and, uh, don't yeah, we? Yeah, because as well, those youngsters playing for France, they don't have any sort of scar tissues of of not winning. You know, they, in that French jersey, they've won World Cups, like you say, back-to-back, even though it's under-20s. Yeah. They're used to winning. But, but there's still a lot of players in that Scottish team who haven't actually won trophies, haven't actually won. None of them have won Six Nations. So, you know, can they get over? You know, there's a lot of sort of, Doubts may creep in, so it's a huge game for them and to see where they actually are um, in their on, their on their road to development, really. Yeah, and the fact that uh, the other game against Ireland, that French team, uh, perhaps without Sean Edwards' defensive teachings, I think they may have lost that game against Ireland yeah. uh, uh, and, and, and given away a silly penalty or, 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 or just just thrown it away, uh, but they didn't. And because they, um, as this, their last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they stood right up to Ireland and met them on, on the game line and, and, and never let them through. And, and, and I think that as they grow under um, uh, Sean Edwards and he establishes those relationships you speak of that he obviously is so good at forging with players and they play for him out of respect and out of pride, then this French team just is going to be sterner and sterner in terms of, how to get past them? Yeah, I was impressed by the last sort of couple of defensive sets. They were f- coming off the line still. They were flying up off the line, and that's what Sean wants. Uh, before French sides yeah. would have held back there and drifted, and drifted drift defense yeah. just gives the opposition a chance to run onto the ball. I mean, it's so um, get up in their faces, yeah. take the time and space away from them, and then force errors, and you can actually score tries then on the back of your defensive sets. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, it, that's what he's going to instill. And um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking very strong, but obviously the question mark is the Corona. I think uh, there's been a lot of um, Corona um, yeah. virus in the camp. So um, I think it's still up to a discussion whether the game's going to go ahead. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, it, it will. Uh, it does look, unfortunately, like there's a number of the French players with the coronavirus and and uh, that's going to badly affect this game. Now, I think they've built into the schedule uh, another week where they can play this game. Uh, and and I hope that they do that. Um, you know, I hope that they don't just... Uh, uh, I hope that they give them time to actually um, play this yeah. game at some stage when everyone's yeah, and healthy sure. and we don't have teams kind of patched together with kind of players that wouldn't usually yeah. be in there. So um, let, let's see. But um, look, um, I think that's really about it, Mike. Um, but the, the one last thing I'm going to ask you is um, 
who wins the Six Nations? And I think I know the answer from you, but um, I'm going to ask you anyway. Well, I, I, I didn't think that Wales were uh, contenders before uh, the, the tournament at all because of uh, how they played last autumn and the form of the regional sides. But knowing, um, having been there, and that when you pick up the couple of first early wins, uh, you get that momentum and the buzz now. They, they're playing an England team, which is, which is not on form, a lot of a lot of doubt about a lot of things. Um, I think they win that. And I think uh, I just can see Wales um, with Wayne Pivak taking a lot of criticism. Uh, it'd be nice for him to, you know, to win now against England and kick on again. But I, I yeah, I generally think Wales are going to win. Maybe not the the Grand Slam, but I think they'll they'll win the um, the tournament. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, spoken like a true proud Welshman, and I, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect yeah. anything less. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 th- I struggle to argue with you, to be honest. I think it'll be. I, I think that the, the, it's is really building lovely to a nice crescendo, crescendo of a, of a France Wales, um, uh, all, you know, for all the chocolates kind of game, um, and that and that would be great. So, um, look, thank you very much, Mike. I really appreciate your time. You've been so gracious to give it to me. Um, so, so no, thank you very it. much, um, uh, X Wales International, Mike Phillips. No, yeah, no, Mike, you want to say time. something? Enjoyed it. Good luck. Good luck. Oh no, yeah. So yeah, th- thanks, Mike. As I say, um, your insights have been have been excellent. Um, and thanks to our sponsors, Star Sports, and um, I uh, look forward to seeing the rest of the competition. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Bye bye. Thanks, mate. Bye bye.